You're listening to Under a Pile of Books, and in this episode, I sit down with Philip from BookNest.eu. The two of us talk about all things Star Wars. Star Wars books, Star Wars movies, Star Wars video games, you name it, we touch on it. Now, in fairness, in a 30-minute conversation, you can barely scratch the surface of Star Wars, so there's plenty that we leave on the table for future discussions. But I had a great time talking with Philip, and I hope you enjoy. Hey, everyone. I'm here with Philip from booknest.eu and Philip and I have interacted for a while on Twitter and uh, just talking about different books and kind of fantasy stuff, science fiction stuff. So it's a great honor to have Philip with me on the podcast today. So welcome, Philip. Thank you for having me, Calvin. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, so um, I'm excited because uh, Philip and I are going to be talking about, uh, specifically about Star Wars, which is uh, something that we both uh, really love uh, and enjoy. And so we're we're just kind of going to have a conversation back and forth on that. Might be a little different than than what uh, you've typically heard on the podcast, but that's okay. And uh, yeah, so so Philip, what was your first experience with Star Wars? Oh, I believe the first ever must have been when my dad purchased the 1990s VHS collection of episodes 4, 5 and 6. It was only a few months before the release of The Phantom Menace. And I have to admit, I unapologetically loved that movie as a kid and still am very fond of it today. How about you, Calvin? Uh, well, for me, um, the first time I even heard about Star Wars was uh, I was at my grandmother's house and for some kind of family gathering and people were, you know, doing stuff all over the place. And I was kind of just flipping through the, the, the TV channels. And I came across, um, on just on TV, uh, like the empire strikes back. And it was like at the start of the movie, uh, the Battle of Hoth, and so I watched it, and then right after that they had Return of the Jedi, so I watched those, and then I was like, oh my gosh, these are like episodes 5 and 6, I need to go watch episodes 1, 2, 3, and 4, except at the time, episodes 1, 2, and 3 weren't out yet, so this was before the prequels were out, uh, yeah. so you know, I, I ended up going back then and watching the original Star Wars, episode 4, uh, at some later point, but that was kind of how I got introduced to them, and uh, I loved it. Uh, they they were great. It was a great time. But I but I have this very vivid memory of watching them on TV at my grandma's house. So, can I can I ask how old you were when you actually when all that happened? I must have been nine or ten, somewhere around in there. Because I was just thinking, it's really funny, but. It appears that both you and me, we have been really... Star Wars has been a part of our lives for the vast majority of them, in that case. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because, like I said, it was... Um, other than... I think Star Wars was probably, for me, the first real, like, uh, science fiction that I was exposed to beyond maybe, like, Star Trek. I remember watching old... My dad had some old Star Trek stuff, uh, like on VHS tape, that that I would watch with him on occasion. But Star Wars was really the 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 the, the first one that I vividly remember, like something specific with. So, and yeah, it's been my whole life. I've I've enjoyed it. So, 
Yeah, I think that's that's one of the amazing strengths of Star Wars is this universe uh, generation spanning, and we revisit it time and time again, and it changes as we change, and that's definitely something special that you don't have with uh, most franchises. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right, and the the fact that you know the first movie came out in. What was it? 1977, you know, and the most recent movie has come out just, you know, a couple months ago at the end of uh, 2019. And there's been all sorts of media kind of in between those two poles. It it really is uh, potentially the best known or one of the the best known science fiction franchises uh, sort of on the on the planet. Yeah, that's there's something magical about it, and the fact that it seems to whichever media it jumps on, it uh, seems to just be really, really well received. When it uh, jumped into books with *Heir to the Empire*, which was also the first Star Wars book that I read back in uh, probably 2002, which was over a decade over a decade after it was released. But it immediately made a home of the novel, I think. Yeah, it's it's actually what what to me is is what what I think Star Wars did so well, probably better than any other franchise that that in any genre that that has multiple, you know, kind of media associated with it is, you know, so Star Wars had this cult following with the original movies. But then they started to expand the story into, you know, what became known as the expanded universe or whatever, the EU. Um, and you got just some incredible books from from some incredible authors. I mean, you know, as you say, Zahn's uh, Heir to the Empire trilogy, his, his original Thrawn trilogy, um, just fantastic. Yeah, it's phenomenal. It's a, a kind of, if you remove all the Star Wars elements of it, you will still remain with a solid science fiction skeleton, a foundation which works in any setting. And that's, I think, all the strongest Star Wars books, you can do that with them. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's really, you know, to, to me, one of the amazing things about uh, Star Wars sort of democratizing, if you will, the, the the franchise and allowing these different authors to kind of take and, and do with these characters. And I, I get that there were some very, my understanding is anywhere, there were some very specific rules for them about like what they could and could not do with characters and, and that kind of thing. But nevertheless... The, the best Star Wars novels really did develop uh, just, uh, you know, s- some wonderful additions to the mythology, to the story, to the world. Uh, and, I mean, I loved it. Thrawn's trilogy was, was my first, um, or, or Zahn's Thrawn trilogy was yeah. my first uh, Star, Star Wars book. Uh, and... I loved it. it. It was incredible. I totally got roped in. And, you know, one, one of the things to me that's just so magical about Star Wars is it's science fiction, but yet you've got these space wizards with swords. 
you know, Absolutely. Um, and yeah. um, as someone who also enjoys fantasy, uh, that's one of the things that really draws me to Star Wars is these fantastic elements and, and essentially magic. I mean, that's what the force is um, that, that go right kind of hand in hand and make perfect sense within the story and within the world that uh, exists for Star Wars. Absolutely. And what I think that Star Wars does well, extremely well, is character. And that's something that not all works of science fiction do well. I mean, you can look at uh, some of the greatest authors of science fiction and you will see in someone like Isaac Asimov a lot of ideas, brilliant ideas, but no character whatsoever. And what Star Wars manages to do is it really manages to pull characters to the forefront while still having interesting ideas and ideas which capture the imagination. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think, I think that's something science fiction really, I think does ideas very well. Uh, it's one of the things I like about science fiction, but I agree that star Wars in particular, uh, not that it's the only science fiction that does this, but, but I think it's one of the, uh, franchises that does this very well is it brings the character into it and you still have some interesting ideas but uh, there's really these these characters and they're they're larger than life and they're interesting uh, and I don't just mean that in terms of you know the the kind of the main three like Luke and Leia and Han uh, from the original trilogy but even beyond that, uh, and I think especially when you get to some of the book and even some of the game franchises uh, with Star Wars, that you really have such interesting characters and, and such believable and authentic character development. It's really, really fun. I agree completely, and I think we'll get to it, but my most favorite characters in Star Wars are not necessarily the ones from the movies. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, we'll get we'll get there in a minute. Before before we get there though, I want to ask what's your all-time favorite Star Wars story across any medium, right? It, it could be it could be the the movies, it could be uh TV shows, it could be um books, games, whatever. What what's your all-time favorite Star Wars story? I've been thinking really hard about this one and it's it's an insanely difficult question, but I might have to go with Knights of the Old Republic 2. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it shows a galaxy very different from the one we know from the movies. A galaxy in which both the Jedi and the Sith are kind of almost destroyed. The galaxy is, in a way, um, it seems to have just pulled itself together from the brink of a decimating war between Jedi, Sith, Republic and Empire. And playing as a Jedi exile who has been cut off from the Force allows everyone to just study and I would say it allows the writing team at Obsidian Entertainment, the company behind the game, to really manage to create a fascinating critique of the force of the philosophy of Jedi and Sith. And it does all of this, all of these very interesting things, thanks to one major character, and that's the character of Kreia, who 
not only is she voiced by the most brilliant actress, she is also the most fascinating character I personally can think of in Star Wars. And there are quite a lot to compete with her. So, uh, yeah, I agree uh, about uh, Kreia. I am going to go slightly different than you, however, uh, on my favorite story. And that is, uh, I'm actually going to go with Knights of the Old Republic 1, the original game. And let me explain the, the reason behind that. And, and for those well, who are listening. Really in yeah. What the reasoning behind it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so but, uh, part of the reasoning for this, okay, part of the reasoning for this, that there, there's kind of two parts. The first is just a, a technical reasoning for it, and that is that, for those of you who may not know, um, Knights of the Old Republic was designed, uh, it's a game, single-player game, designed by BioWare. Knights of the Old Republic 2, designed by Obsidian... Um, Entertainment. And it came out very soon after Knights of the Old Republic, and it got it got rushed a little bit out the door so that the end game got kind of jumbled in the official release. And it actually took probably, what, six, seven years for fans really to mod the ending back into yeah. to something that made sense. What the... I believe what the fans did was they took all the... Because the funny thing about this whole situation was Obsidian Entertainment had a lot of the work halfway done. It was forced by LucasArts and EA in particular out of the gate. And what the guys at Obsidian Entertainment did was they released all their half-finished files and code into the public space, into the internet. And fans loyal to Star Wars and to the idea of the game, to all that content. And the game was incredibly buggy. I remember playing it in 2006 and it was hell. But what they managed to do was, after a very prolonged period of uh, fan tests and so on and so forth, they managed to create this mod which basically recreated almost completely the game as it should have been if Obsidian Entertainment had had the time to finish it. Yep. No, I I, uh, agreed absolutely. I have not played through the entire um, restoration mod. So for me, that's part of the reason, and I fully admit that, uh, part of the reason I, I... story-wise prefer the first one because my experience of the second one uh i haven't experienced the full kind of unjumbled ending having said that one of my goals for this year 2020 is to to play through that uh because i really really want to but there's another reason that i actually prefer the first one uh and that is i think the second one is really fascinating and interesting in terms of the ideas that Obsidian Entertainment were, were were trying to tackle, and I think what they were doing uh, in terms of questioning kind of this duality of of Jedi and Sith and and all of this is really fascinating and interesting. But for me, the first one 
had it, it 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 had more around a particular character that uh, I felt like really just made the character shine and not only the main character but the other characters um, that that are part of your party and in fact I remember when the big reveal happened the first time I was playing through Knights of the Old Republic uh, I distinctly remember gasping when the big reveal happened and having this visceral reaction, like, no, uh, that can't be true. Very much like yeah. an empire strikes back, uh, kind of. <laughs> I understand moment. that completely. Uh, yeah. So that just, that stuck with me so much. Uh, this, this just personal emotional reaction to the reveal that comes, you know, 75% of the way through the game or whatever. And, um, so that, that's why it's, it's like my, my all time favorite star Wars story. And, but, and, if I may add something in uh, favor of your argument, it is fact that, not Obsidian, sorry, Bioware, Bioware really managed to set up the Sith and Jedi as ideologies, finished and completed, developed in a story sense, because in the movies we never really have the Sith in particular kind of fleshed out. We don't know what their ideology is all about, but... Bauer are the ones who really managed to flesh it out, make it uh, cohesive. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. Uh, and, and I think, it, to me, it's fascinating that, this, that Star Wars as a franchise is broad enough and resilient enough that you can actually have folks talking about... I, I know plenty of folks who would would say that their favorite Star Wars story is uh, like uh, Timothy Zahn's uh, uh, Thr- original Thrawn trilogy. I know some other folks who might name one of the uh, New Jedi Order arcs, uh, story arcs, as one of their favorites. Uh, you know, and then of course I know plenty of people who would would name one of the games, especially uh, Knights of the Old Republic one or two, and so. I just think it, it takes something special to be that resilient to, you know, be able to, uh, to, to, to have stories told across all sorts of different media that are really, really excellent. Absolutely. And if I have to be honest, I was really, as I said, this question, uh, favorite all time Star Wars story across all media was really difficult for me because I was thinking all the time, of the recent Marvel Darth Vader comic books, especially the first run, which was... I don't know if you've read it, it's by Kieran Gillen, and it is one of the strongest... It's probably the strongest Darth Vader story, and I include in that even Empire Strikes Back. It's 25 issues of pure brilliance in terms of Star Wars, Star Wars storytelling. I love I love that Star Wars can tell its stories across all those different uh, all those different uh, media. And speaking of different media and different time periods and 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 all of that, I know uh, Philip, you've you've actually seen or well read and and interacted with more of the uh, 
kind of the new canon media than than I have um, and whatnot. And I know you you wanted to talk. Make sure we got the chance to talk a little bit about um, Ahsoka and uh, some of the the new season of, of Clone Wars that's coming out. So so talk a little bit about that and what what you're excited about there. Absolutely, I am so excited to see how the Clone Wars is going to come back. It's just a 13 episode run. I've actually been watching through the previous seasons, not just to, to prepare for this podcast, but to prepare for the return of the Clone Wars. And I, I'm in awe of how complex and interesting this show is. Because it's a kid's show, right? But you look at it and just earlier today, I saw Ahsoka Tano decapitate four Mandalorian soldiers in this kid's show. I watched a whole arc about slavery, preceded by an arc about the difficulty of the difficulties of war, of conflict, uh, the conflict of uh, having to follow orders, but knowing that these orders are not correct. It's it's a TV series that you kind of want your kids to watch because it will prepare them for the real world in some quite scary ways, really. And it's it's ridiculous how good it is. It, it really is uh, the, the the Clone Wars. In my opinion, the the Clone Wars uh, TV show. So if if you're not familiar with the Clone Wars, uh, the Clone Wars is a sixth season it's about to get a seventh uh cartoon it's an animated series that tells the story of the clone wars so basically uh between episode two and episode three and you know i have to say i think that the 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 animated series actually makes both episode two attack of the clones and episode three revenge of the sith so much better I would, I would say they make the characters, and especially the character of Anakin, so much stronger, so much more likable. Because the movies, let's face it, um, when it comes to Anakin Skywalker, he was not the most likable protagonist, unfortunately. Um, and it's not any of Hayden Christensen's fault. He, I think, is a great actor. He has shown it time and again. But the direction he got was not excellent, unfortunately for us all. And this show really succeeds where the movies failed. Yeah, and, and, and I think, you know, one of the things you run into just in the movie medium period is you end up often with attempting to tell an overarching story and, and attempting to develop characters in, you know, 120 minutes, 140 minutes, something like that. Um versus developing characters over a six, seven season run of a, of a show, you have more time in the show to do that character development versus the movie. And I think that's, as you were saying, that that's really one of the things that the Clone Wars uh, animated series does so well, uh, is it really just just lets us see the character of Anakin and, and also introduces us to Ahsoka, uh, who is a phenomenal character and uh, you know 
I think one, again, I think one of the most fascinating uh, characters out of all of the different Star Wars mediums and whatnot. Uh, so, with, with with actually that in mind, I want to I want to ask uh, Philip uh, a question. We've been dancing around a little bit, but what is your? I'm going to ask this kind of two ways. First of all, who's your favorite? all-time character from Star Wars? And then who do you think is the most influential character throughout the Star Wars franchise? So t- kind of two two related but separate questions. Who? Again, with the difficult questions, Calvin. <laughs> I think that the most influential, if I may start from there, the most influential character probably is Darth Vader. Just looking at him at uh, a level based on just a cultural level, you know? Darth Vader is everywhere, everyone knows his catchphrases, and there's definitely a lot of uh, his presence is felt even where nothing else is known of the franchise. And my most favorite character, actually, I'm going to turn the tables around on you and ask you which your favorite character is as I take my time to consider. <laughs> sure. You know, and th- this is a really hard question and I- and I've been thinking about it for a little bit and I'm I'm not I'm not sure I have a good um a, a good answer for uh for this in terms of like a single character. Um I I really like um, uh, I really like Ahsoka from the Clone Wars. She she's definitely like in my top five. You definitely need to read or listen to the audiobook Ahsoka. Then <laughs> I just finished it, and it is I will say it's not the best paced book I have read, but. With the narration by the voice actress who did her voice in the show, it just elevates it to something beautiful. I should probably do the audio of that, but but she's definitely one. You know, I'd also name, uh, I think, favorite might not be the right word, but at least in terms of like interest level and, and just really thinking the character is done very well. Um, Kreia from uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2 is going to be up there. Um, yeah, my so, two. Yeah, yeah. So, so far, two out of two. Well, and and I'd I'd toss um, Grand Admiral Thrawn out there as well, who uh, I think is just a tremendously written uh, character. I think Zahn does a does a phenomenal job with him. So he is like no other character I have read about. That's something I don't think I can tell about. I can say about a whole lot of characters. He, I think what Zan is very good at is he manages to capture something wholly alien about Tron. And very few authors manage that when they write science fiction. Yeah, no, I, I agree entirely. I agree entirely. So um so I've oh. named a few of mine. So, so what about definitely... you? These three characters, they're on my list as well. There's one more I can think of, and I don't know if you have actually uh read anything about her so far because she is exclusively from the Marvel comic books. This is Dr. Afra. Have you heard about her? She is hilarious. She is basically 
when you think about her, think about Indiana Jones, but think of an evil Indiana Jones who doesn't care about the historical import or the cultural importance of the artifacts he saves. All Dr. Africa cares about is money and living a life filled with adventure. And it's very amoral adventure. And she flies around the galaxy on a ship which is basically, it basically houses the negative images of the Millennium Falcon's um, crewmates. There's an evil Wookiee, there's an evil protocol droid, there's an evil uh, R2-D2 astromech. <laughs> and she is early on in that Darth Vader uh, run by Kieran Gillen, she's recruited to help him. And she helps him under the threat of death. Later on, she also gets a solo ongoing series, which recently finished. There's going to be a second one, I believe, starting in May of this year, or maybe March of this year. And I'm beyond excited to read what Dr. Aphra is going to be up to as she moves from the period between A New Hope and Empire, Star well, Empire Strikes Back, sorry, and Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. I'm very excited. Yeah, that I'm I'm really intrigued now. So I'm I'm making. Uh, a note for myself to go and, and check this out. Uh, you know, of course, one of the problems, as with all books everywhere, uh, is one has limited time to read, and there are too many amazing books to get to. But uh, it's a good yeah. it's a good problem to have. So uh, it's a fantastic problem to have, and I will say it's a little bit easier with comic books, just because they take so much less time than books. Yes, right, right, right. That's true. That's true. Um, all right. Well, I wanted, uh, um, uh, Philip, uh, maybe maybe last last question here for us. But I, I want to get your thoughts. Where do you hope the franchise goes from here? Right. I mean, Disney has acquired it. We've gotten the the sequel trilogy. That's completed now. Um, Thanks, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so, where where do you where do you hope the franchise goes from here? Well, Calvin, to be honest. Where I hope it goes is, I hope it either goes deep into the past of the Old Republic and does some really interesting stories with that framework that Bioware and Obsidian have uh, already done, or it goes in the future, maybe 500 years or a millennia um, after the events of the original movies in the sequel trilogy. And I hope it really just, if it ever references back to the events we're familiar with, I want, I want the movies to do it as they would the myths of our own world. I feel that the franchise has been, in a way, the movie franchise anyway, the movie side of it, has been creatively exhausted by this horrible policy of uh, making movies by committees and I think that if um, anyone at the top of Disney and at the top of LucasArts, pardon Lucasfilm, manages to give creative freedom to a brand new voice or to someone like Dave Filioni who's behind uh, The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels and 
mostly behind the Mandalorian, which is probably the best thing on the small screen that has ever been done in terms of Star Wars. And it's definitely the best thing that uh, the best live action show done by Disney's Lucasfilm so far. So yeah, that's uh, that's what I hope to see for Star Wars in the future. Something different, something creative driven, something with good ideas, which are not afraid to uh, play around with the existing mythos. How about you, Calvin? Yeah, it's it's really the same for me. Um, I I would my my preference, like if I if I really like if I got to decide, uh, I would love to see them uh, go back into the old Republic era. Ideally, kind of that Knights of the Old Republic or earlier kind of era, Definitely. and. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, and and just just give us a, a a series of movies that are kind of creatively done in that um, way. Uh, again, like you said, give find your director, find your producer, give them creative freedom to uh, to go and do that. Uh, something far off into the future, five hundred, a thousand years after the Skywalker saga, would be would be fine with me too. Um, I think that gives you enough. You know, you can play in that sandbox and really come up with some very interesting stories that are really fun, but that still feel Star Wars, that still do. I tend to think Star Wars is at its best when we're seeing kind of those big questions of, you know, uh, philosophy, you know, Jedi versus Sith and, and these kinds of things. It doesn't necessarily need to be Jedi versus Sith in particular, but, but, but those kinds of questions about, um, right and wrong and that kind of thing, uh, melded with great character work. And I, I think that's when, when Star Wars is really at its best. So that's what I'd love to see, um, more of. And, uh, I hope that, I hope that we can continue to see that same kind of thing in, in video games and other media as well. Uh, that's, that's kind of where my excitement, uh, kind of kicks in. So I do believe that, um, there's the rumor going around that EA is currently working on some sort of a reworked version of both Knights of the Old Republic one and two. So hopefully we will see that in the years to come. Yeah, I I would love that. I'd be really really excited. I, you know, it always makes me a little nervous um, yeah, when you kind of you know remake or reboot a game or whatever. But uh, I just loved both of those games so much. So the idea of kind of reworking that you know the story of those two into like a, 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 a the story of a single united game and and I mm, that'd be I'd really love to see that. And after after Jedi Fallen Knight of last year, the newest single-player video game in the Star Wars universe, I have a little bit more faith that maybe something interesting can be brought about by EA, as greedy as that publisher is. <laughs> yeah, I, I, EA is not my favorite video game publisher. I've, I've been burned not by mine. them several times. So. Quite a few times, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's right. So, you know, um, all right. Well, well, Philip, it's been great. Uh, it's been absolutely great having you on here. Um, where can can folks find you? What's what's cooking? What what do you want to tell us about uh, in terms of uh, uh, you know your online presence and and book nest and all that? 
Um, I've got a Twitter handle you can uh, follow me on, which is the Philip Magnus. I know, very humble. And I also have a YouTube channel on which I do game reviews, videos and so forth and so on. And I even have a Jedi Fallen Order video review, so you could check that out. And I would also like to plug the Book Nest Fantasy Awards, which will be coming up uh, very soon. We just revealed a couple of beautiful blades, which will be going to the winners. And to conclude, I would just like to say this has been immensely fun. And Calvin, your podcast has been an inspiration over the last uh, seven, eight months you've been doing it. An absolute pleasure to listen to. And I would be incredibly happy to be back if you will have me eventually talking about Star Wars or books or anything else. Oh, definitely. I've really enjoyed this, Philip. So thank you so much uh, for coming on. My pleasure.